The chatter then became on the intercom loops, so nobody could hear outside that. Okay, Houston, are you still reading 13? That's affirmative. Uh, we're reading you. We're uh, trying to come up with some good ideas here for you. I assume you've called in your backup ECOMs? Flight, say again. Have you called in your backup ECOMs now, see if we can get some more brain power in this we thing? we got one here. Roger. At the moment, the astronauts are continuing to try to isolate their trouble. A late report says the spacecraft now is operating on battery power alone. All unnecessary equipment is being turned off. Shut down. Roger, shut down. Roger, now we want to power down as soon as possible. Okay, now let's everybody keep cool. We got the limb still attached. The limb spacecraft's good, so if we need uh, to get back home, we got a limb to do a good portion of it with. Okay, let's make sure that we don't do anything that's going to blow our CSM electrical power with the batteries or that will cause us to lose the main or the uh, fuel cell number two. Okay, we want to keep the O2 and that kind of stuff working. We'd like to have RCS, but we got the command module system, so we're in good shape if we need to get home. Let's solve the problem, but let's not make it any worse by guessing. And uh, we got into an orderly fashion and... Uh finally got to the point where we we were not going to be able to land on the moon. The mission was gone, and uh, the decision was made to loop around the moon, make a corrective burn to intersect the Earth, and we brought them home alive. We never, never occurred to us that we wouldn't bring them back alive. That was, Such was not the attitude of flight controllers. And, and the, the heroes of that kind of thing is the flight director, because he, he's like an orchestra leader, and he, he got everybody working their problems and then established uh, what we had left, and then assigned teams to work on the return requirements. Pretty good stuff. We were we were good. <laughs> Cy Liebergott, one of the uh, flight controllers for the Apollo missions. That was an interview I did. And um, some of the things he says, David, in my interview, but also in in the film, you just um, these are remarkable people, and yet. No one knows, unless you're a real anorak about this stuff. You know, Sir Liebergott is reasonably well-known among the Apollo aficionados, but otherwise no one knows who these people are. No, the, the first clue, really, to their existence, if you like, was the movie Apollo 13, which put them centre stage. And uh, Sir Liebergott is played in that film by Ron Howard's brother, actually. And so they, they became minor celebrities, if you like, exactly as you say, am- amongst the cognoscenti. But to the great, you know, the public out there, they're completely unknown. And that's why they really are the unsung heroes, because without them, the astronauts could not have got there and back. So, no, they're extraordinary people. And, and one of the things that we try and draw out in the film is this very ordinariness in quotes if you like they are just people like you and I that may be slightly better at maths and physics but they were people like you and I and they went to very ordinary you know schools and universities in in unfashionable states in the United States and um, uh, none of them none were Harvard educated or Yale or MIT like a lot of the astronauts were or became they just went to these ordinary schools and applied for a job at NASA when NASA was crewing up and that's how they ended up where they were also young as well you see the pictures back then I mean you know even now when I met up with a few of them they don't look that old they're not certainly not as old as the astronauts no they're not they're they're kind of almost like a generation after but then you have to remember most of they started crewing up for the most part in in the mid 60s around about Gemini